very special episode because we're gonna watch each other as we record. Love it. Which okay, we don't normally that do. sounds gross, but I yeah, like it. You know, you know what we mean. <laughs> so we can see ha- into each other's eyes. We become zoomers. Did everyone? No. <laughs> I hope we get zoom bombed. Me too. Did that would be an excellent podcast. Did everyone have a very holy Easter last weekend? Um, Ainsley did, especially. (laughs) (laughs) So I, as you know from a couple episodes ago, was considering buying a nun outfit and uh, the time came. Fucking bought that fucker. So put an Amazon worker more at risk. Got the nun outfit. I did. Got the nun outfit. Well, they just left it on like the doorstep and then I grabbed it. So there really wasn't any risk there. But yeah, so I made a <laughs> I made a Instagram account of me dressed up as a nun, just doing fucking nun tomfoolery. So if you wanna go give that a follow, it's at absolutely none of it on Instagram. That's what I did with my Easter. Who takes the pictures? Is it Dylan? Yeah, he gets really upset too. Every time that I check to see that he took a picture, right, he starts walking inside. I'm like, no, 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 we're not done yet. We have many it's more, pose, many more angle, pics. At least ten. It's so funny <laughs> because variety. the photos that you have posted so far, you can tell they are from the same shoot. It's just yeah, like, they're all from the same shoot. Have you received any slack from people who think of it as um, offensive? One. <laughs> One person commented, this is blasphemy on one of them. And then I went to their page and they were just like a random dude like my age who clearly doesn't give a shit. And I was like, oh, okay." But I I did (laughs) get um, I got a message from this one guy. I think it's probably because I tagged like Vatican City in the first post, but it's just this (laughs) random guy. And he he messaged me being like, hello. And I was like, hey, man, like, (laughs) how are you? And it was just like really weird. I have was to he read like it hitting to you. on you. No, he said hello, and then I said hello and God bless, and then he said thank you. I am Sergio, and I was like I am Sister Tabitha <laughs> oh under goodness. his eye, and he said nice to meet you, Sister Tabitha. I love but how he you doesn't use look the fucking like... Handmaid's Tale under his eye. <laughs> I know, and it's like he doesn't look like he's trying to like make a joke or anything. Like I think he's serious. I think he's trying to hit on you. I forgot about Catholics. Like, I guess I'm Catholic. So I'll, I'll be offended if you want. That's that. I would like that. Like, that's my only aim out of this is to get, like, hate mail from Christians. Yeah, you're like, like, you're getting, like, a great respect. You're like, yeah. I know. Like, oh, yeah, looking good in that nun costume. <laughs> yeah, remember when the most offensive thing you could do was, like, piss off a Christian? Yeah. That's, that's all, just, like, I, that's all I was now. wanting now. Like, I wanted some, like, fucking... Old Testament. Well, I feel like Instagram's not the place that they're lurking. Yeah. I feel like out of anyone I know, you'd be the most stoked of like receiving a death threat. You'd be like, guess fucking what, bitches? (laughs) Someone wants to kill me. This is accurate. I had a holy Easter because I tried making uh, cheesecake for the first time and it was very beautiful. Yeah. That would turn out. It was very beautiful and uh, Pinterest worthy, I would say. I don't trust your cooking. I did. I posted it on Instagram and I received positive feedback. Me and Sydney did, did it, it together. Or was it tasted it just incredible. Good. It was amazing. It was mini eggs. So you and Sydney did it together. There's the yes. tea. there's the key there. Maybe I'd eat it then. If you just made it by yourself, though, What's, I don't know. I, I also made Sonia cupcakes for her birthday, and they were also really good. They were. They were delicious. They were, you can't fuck up cupcakes, like though. It's fucking cake mix poured in a little What do thing. I have to do to prove to you? I made two <laughs> things. I want three-tiered <laughs> vanilla marble fucking vegan. No, I want, like, a full a full course dinner. I want an appetizer. I want... No, I'm not. I'm a baker now, not a cook. Oh, okay. Okay. I want... Yeah, hmm. I want a ginger molasses cookie with uh cinnamon icing realistically all recipes are just following instructions like if yeah. you can do one you can do them all but then there's brayden who turns the gas of the stove on but not the flame and leaves soup quote-unquote simmering for four hours <laughs> when did i do that did i do that <laughs> I don't think more I've ever than done once. 
That I've sounds like something. Oh, I was gonna say that sounds like something someone does once and then it defines you for your, like the rest of your life. So just I like how that's that. I'll be like, now. I did that one time. I've Fuck never off. simmered a soup for four hours. It was I'm not, not patient four hours, enough for that. But it was if like anything, I would under simmer. Oh God, simmer, simmer away, simmer life away. I'm gonna how get was you your Easter, Jenna? <laughs> Uh, Brayden just has had n- enough dead. of it. <laughs> your arm too, just over your knee. Like, what's up, Jenna? <laughs> I have nothing to report. I had a weird Zoom uh, Easter dinner with my mom and rest of my family. Like, she enforced oh, it. She's like, yeah. Um, besides that, I, I have nothing again new to report. I, I started practicing. I started you practicing my recorder. Movie. That Ryan bought me. You released your movie over Easter. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> you released a movie? No. God. Yeah, she's famous. It Cannes Film Festival actually picked it up. Yeah, anyway, no, my friends did this challenge where they assigned you a genre and you had to make a short film. I got sci-fi, so I subjected Ryan to dress up as a space cowboy, and it was okay. Turned out okay. <laughs> And I I got working bitch vibes from it. Would you say that was your inspiration? Um, I think so. So did I. Definitely yeah. some of it. I wish I had more uh, tools to utilize during the shoot that uh, lasted 20 minutes, but it's okay. I guess Eshaniko was my how was your Easter? Sorry. I forgot it was Easter. <laughs> and then I said to Sean, is tomorrow Easter? And he was like, oh, yeah. So, um I talked to my mom on the phone and his parents came and we did the backyard hangout thing where you like yell at each other from a few meters away. (laughs) Um, But uh, that's it. (laughs) Nice. Dylan's mom got us each a little chocolate bunny. Beautiful. Beautiful. I got (laughs) Easter eggs that I ate in the night because I eat in my sleep so i didn't even enjoy them wait what you eat in your sleep yeah i have that like a... night eating thing sleep eating disorder oh no i was gonna say pika pika but that's when you eat weird shit that's not when you eat in that's your when mouth. you just want to push like, it in your mouth isn't it that's when you like eat cigarette butts and shit like and that. like grass dirt like non-edible food I let's eat... name all the inedible things <laughs> well there's grass, ones that are like more dirt. common but uh <laughs> drywall i like wake up at like I'm saying like, I wake up in the middle of the night and it's kind of like being in a trance. I know other people that have it too. Like you're somewhat conscious, but like kind of not in control of your actions. I would compare it to being extremely intoxicated kind of. Um, And then in a trance, you kind of go and eat generally for me. And I think commonly like high sugar type foods. Um, You should be a weirdo. I have very little control over it because... You're kind of sleepwalking, but kind of not. Can you get Sydney to tie you to your bed with belts like you're possessed? I could, but I prefer not to. Um, but yeah, it really sucks because I eat, I eat generally pretty healthy um, during the day. And then at night I consume like copious amounts of shitty food and I don't get to enjoy it. I'm just consuming calories and sugar. It really sucks, actually. That's yeah, that's a curse. Um, my brother like has it, too, which points Which to one? a genetic the tall component. one or the, <laughs> the tall one, one the one that i share other that makes sense that's but yeah it's you. apparently it's actually like a i don't remember if it's an eating disorder or a sleep disorder but it's one of the two sounds like a little bit of both and on yeah. that a note, sleeting disorder this <laughs> 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 okay. just brought everyone down <laughs> Okay, I can't get everyone back up. Double, double. (laughs) Two of the top trending tweets in Canada this week. Double, double. Mmm, coffee. Hashtag National Horny Day. Okay, I saw this today and I was scrolling down twitter and all i saw were just a bunch of people like posting anime porn for the most part but is this just like hentai like who's making these days who i don't know i tried to find the origin of national horny day what um, is it 
Yeah, I, I don't, don't like what is it. Nobody knows. It's very mysterious. Um, so someone just hashtag National Horny Day and everyone kind of <laughs> just jumped on with it. Um, well, there is an Urban Dictionary term for it, so you know it's legit. Um, yeah. It says this: um, National Horny Days on April sixteenth. Anyone can ask anyone for any sexual content in brackets nudes and slash or actions. This is a terrible thing to be fucking trending. <laughs> I hate it. Well, yeah, Jenna, I tried to find more information about it, too, but it was just, like, weird pictures of cartoons and There stuff. are so many dumbass days, though. Like, I mean, I know that there are some days, like, National Day, like, fighting violence against women and stuff like that, but then, like, a lot of them are also just companies creating marketing campaigns. Um, but I guess maybe this one is sparked by everyone being lonely and, like, Oh, horny say, and who do you there's some guy out there that started this although i did see an article that said the head of like infectious diseases or whatever dr fauci um <laughs> he he was uh saying that he gave his blessing to go on a tinder date if you want to if you're willing to take the risk and people were like wow just in time for national horny day <laughs> This um, is all just a disaster. Like, I'm, I'm currently been delving into dating apps and I've been noticing, so Hinge specifically, it, they're all trying to act as though they're really supporting social distancing because obviously these apps are created with the opposite intention. So right away, Hinge like prompts you to video chat with the person you're talking to, but way too early. It would be like, hey, what's up? And it's like, do you want to video chat this person? And I'm very scared someone is going to say yes to that. Um, but it's interesting to see how the, how companies are quickly trying to prove that they're with the cause. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I like that they're like, your safety is our number one priority. Only video chat people. And they're probably like encouraging that sort of like sexting stuff to some degree. Um, yeah. so, so people, so you don't, we don't get some news report of someone on Tinder when I met someone and spread COVID to an old folks home or something and killed a bunch of people. Cause that's not good marketing for. Yeah. I remember when it first broke after like probably a solid week almost every commercial on TV was like here at Tim Hortons and it shows like a car going by like we have drive-through options for you and then the oh next God. one would be like a paint company and it would be like here at the paint company like <laughs> we respect social distancing I was like shit like this is their turnover they had advertising execs like fucking pump these out so quickly it is yeah they, they adapt that's so they adapt. weird to think about I don't like it people are annoyed too with that because there'll be a car commercial talking about how their employees are the best and everyone's working so hard but people are like why don't you pay us more instead of spending all this money on commercials <laughs> yeah to like you to think? support yeah. us we so. appreciate you so much here's a commercial <laughs> yeah. in your honor Wal walmart walmart has one like that it's like we appreciate all of our employees and it's like it's fucking walmart have you seen walmart's lately it's like Black Friday on crack. Like, you do not appreciate your fucking employees. Like, I always hated that with companies. They'd be like, we're going to do, like, a big fancy dinner to say thank you. I'm like, honestly, if you just put that, like, 200 bucks on my paycheck, I would appreciate that so yeah, much more. Yeah, yeah. you can't say that. You have to be like, thanks. They're like, Christmas party, <laughs> we're all going out for dinner. dinner. <laughs> like, yeah. mm -hmm. I don't know the exact number, but the government also spent a copious amount of money on advertising campaigns. I know it's a little different, but at the same time, time advertising but like to tell people to wash their hands or to be like yeah. we care about you yeah no it's like instructional Which advertising one? okay that's that's yeah different. that seems a little more reasonable yeah yeah <laughs> trying to get the message out there um although i did read this i from jezebel about national horny day i haven't been on jezebel in so long i forgot jezebel about that, existed yeah. me too <laughs> and then i was like oh, okay i guess i'll i guess i'll give her a click for this one <laughs> for research purposes <laughs> Um, so she was talking about, I can't be the only one who's been in, seen an exponential growth of first thirst traps on my timeline in the last month of lockdown. What's Even a thirst trap? Even the most mild-mannered people yeah, I follow have resorted, I think, like, like women posting pics of, like, being sexy. Oh, I think yeah. Jade like, tried to explain this to me one time, and I what, still don't fucking understand it. A thirst like, trap just, is posting a picture that's clearly intended to kind of seduce the person looking at it, but you do it 
kind of subtly, I guess, but it's not super subtle. How is like it subtle if it's called a thirst trap? That, like, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the point. It's a trap. It's like you post a picture of yourself looking hot, like with the intention of and a reaction. Like a coy it's way. called a thirst trap. Um, so yeah, she said, even the most mild-mannered people I follow have resorted to a fuck it, here's my cleavage lads mindset. Have you noticed this increase? It's, are you feeling the the thirstiness and the horniness in the air? Because I have not noticed um, such a thing. I've noticed more people exhibiting skills that they would probably otherwise not exhibit <laughs> on social media. Like, for example, a lot of people are singing that aren't good singers and posting <laughs> videos like that. Crocheting. Um, Do you think in, with the intent to seduce or they're just so bored they want to like show their I, friends their Yeah, I talents. think it's just kind seduce of like social <laughs> social boundaries are kind of <laughs> coming down like in a way that <laughs> is interesting that it makes to you watch. A little weird. I did the opposite of a thirst trap. I literally donned a nun outfit. <laughs> but it, I mean, does it have kind of a similar intention? Like you want some sort of reaction from the yeah, outside You're like, world. please remind yeah, me that yeah, I did. In your that I am a human. Not in a bad way, Lindsay. I'm just saying. I do. I want people to look at them and laugh and be like, yes, this is mm-hmm. what I needed today. So in, in that way, I would say for sure, there's a lot more content, mm-hmm. I would say. There's also a thing with celebrities. I don't follow a ton of celebrities, but I've heard of this, that they're constantly going live right now. Um because I follow this other podcast and they keep posting just like pages and pages of all these celebrities at one time going live. So apparently in that world, they are really shining. Bored, bored, bored. Yeah. Bored celebs. All right, next one. Hashtag damn, keep damn, them- damn. <laughs> bored, bored, bored. Bored celebs. <laughs> oh, the triple threat Sonya, they call her. I love to say things three times. <laughs> Hashtag keep the border closed. Ooh, that's rough. Does that mean forever? Trump alluded to the fact that he wants the U.S.-Canada border to uh, open to one another in the near future. And everyone is like, fuck that. Uh, Basically, he said he'd, he'd, he'd be okay, or he alluded to the idea that he would be okay with easing travel restrictions between Canada and the U.S. soon. That's just really fucking dumb to do right now, especially since the U.S. does not at all have their shit together in any way. Maybe he wants some of the population to flee to us so that our numbers go up so the U.S. doesn't look as horrible. (laughs) He's probably just trying to distract people from the fact that it's an utter shit show in the United States right now. It's probably what he's doing. It's a diversion tactic for sure. Uh, Trump said, Canada is doing well. Our relationship with Canada is very good. We'll talk about that. It will be one of the early borders to be released. So we'll see. I don't like this man. That, that <laughs> seems like um, kind of a response to him fucking, or not fucking up, rather, him um, with the whole uh, M3? 3M from coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or M3, as Sonia says, prohibiting them. And um, originally he was really an asshole about the border closure so it seems like kind of a response to that mm, they probably point. were Maybe like say something to... nice about canada <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> canada doing very well we'll see we'll see yeah and everyone's like oh my god he wants to open the borders yeah, like he's just fucking saying shit pretty hypothetical then, yeah <laughs> and then um but then that gave ford a chance to say hell no i don't think that's gonna happen anytime soon prompting a flurry of tweets um saying hashtag Oh my god, I was going to say National Horny Day again. Hashtag keep the border closed. <laughs> that would be so funny. <laughs> so that's We're the origin of this. <laughs> Is there even like a concern? Like, are people still trying to travel? Like, do you think if they did open the border that Americans would try to come here? I guess they probably, yeah. some probably would. They try to flee, right? Maybe they have like cottages or family here. And If they had somewhere to go, I could see it maybe, but... Otherwise, it's like there's literally no point in anybody coming anywhere right now because everything's fucking closed. Yeah, there'll true. always be people that will do it if you give them the yeah there was the opportunity. Oh yeah, and you got to take those people into account. Yeah, you know, you're making a policy. <laughs> Just like yep. yeah, consider the, the stupidest person. <laughs> yeah, you always yeah. have what to account for the stupidest what? person. <laughs> That's yeah. who you're making the laws for, not mm-hmm. the smart people. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so 
Coronavirus is not just killing people. It also might kill the handshake. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yes. It, it reminds me of, you know, um, how every week there used to be like a clickbait thing that was like, millennials are killing the diamond industry. Millennials yeah. are killing the like <laughs> laundry detergent industry. And now it's like the, like that with coronavirus. Yeah. Um, millennials Basically it was, it, um, the to- this topic is about in response to an article in the star um it seemed like kind of a tongue-in-cheek article but um as a result of the coronavirus uh they're going to they want to stop doing handshakes i think someone specifically recommended that yeah same same guys i mentioned earlier dr fauci he's the national institute of allergy and infectious diseases expert so all eyes and ears are on him and he said, I don't think we ever should ever shake hands again, to be honest with you, because obviously with coronavirus, we're all hyper vigilant about how we all touch each other. And he's saying that even in the future, though, it would probably decrease uh, the spread of the flu. That's so funny. He's like, no handshakes, but a uh, risky Tinder date up to you. <laughs> shake your dicks at each other instead. <laughs> like, I don't Oh, what a guy. So what, a fucking what do guy. you guys think? Would you be willing to let go of the handshake? I mean, I would yeah. because I don't have a particular I just really don't care about to it. it. <laughs> so how would- I'm I'm pumped about them getting rid of the kissing thing that Europeans do only because I fucking panic every time I have to do that. I'm like, I'm gonna do this wrong, I'm gonna kiss someone on the mouth. So that can go for my social awkwardness. But yeah. don't you think that's so sad? Well, the thing Not is, so, really, so I don't, <laughs> I don't have a particular fondness for the handshake either because I've gotten in my mind. I think my mom told me at a young age, she was like, you know, Jenna, you have to have a strong, firm shake, and you know that will so give the receiver, uh, th- they'll know that you're asserting yourself and like the strength within you. And then every time I go to shake someone's hand, I think of that, and I think I end up doing it really, really lightly. And sometimes my hand actually gets a little hurt. Um, so you have I've, always found it, I've always found it kind of like just gross in general like my entire life I'm like I don't want to like meet someone for the first time and like shake their hand like Why? I've never really been interested in it because I don't want to fucking touch them I don't know them like maybe like we'll exchange three sentences and maybe when I'm leaving like an interview or something I'll shake your hand but I hate this whole like it's such a weird like social thing too that your first impression is based off of your fucking hand grip like no well that's human <laughs> ritual for you though like that's what I know, no this, I know what it is culture. I just find it fucking weird so what and would you propose like, I like when you meet someone you, you do like an awkward fucking hey if I'm <laughs> not shaking bumps. someone's hand I usually just go like hey that's what I do I actually don't mind the handshake either and I think it it like when I think of it in terms of this way to connect with someone, I think that's kind of nice when I think of it that way that you're actually touching someone and kind of physically connecting before you begin a conversation. Yeah. I think that's nice. It's it's a, it's a way a to lot. like establish trust, right? It's like, um, yeah. so actually the columnist Rosie Dimano said um, it goes back thousands and thousands of years. They think that it started because people would shake hands so they could see up each other's sleeves and then they would know that they weren't holding weapons. <laughs> and then I'd rather go back to curtsying and bowing to each other. Funny you that's say fucking that. Cool. <laughs> that I actually I actually wouldn't <laughs> mind that. I I'm into that. Um she did I like say- it because you're putting your head down as like kind of like a form of like being submissive, you know what I mean? And being like, yes, we're both she, on the same page she wrote here. that americans brought uh or the quakers brought uh the handshake to america because they wanted to get rid of the curtsy and the bow and the handshake was a more democratic way of greeting each other rather than you know bowing to someone you just you're both like on the same level hmm? yeah maybe we could do something cool with feet i wouldn't mind something with feet like if you just <laughs> like you did mean? like a little a little like a little like if two people's feet are coming like that yes a toe tap or just like a like an inside <laughs> of your heel like a bleh kind of situation i think there'd be a lot of room for fault there you know you could hit your ankles i liked in the article uh she said that she was moved by the arab custom of placing one's right hand to the left breast so your heart mm-hmm. and then murmuring salam alaikum which is peace be upon Alaykum. you. Yeah, that's Alaykum. serious. I'm going to start Salam greeting Alaykum. people like that. 
But I do I, not fucking like that in any way. If someone tries to touch my fucking beating heart through my chest, let me tell no, you. No, no, you put your my fist into their face. No, you put, I hate it. You put your own hand on your chest. But the one thing that I do like about the handshake is that also prompts you to look into the person's eyes. And I think that you can like tell a lot with that as well if someone is able to like look directly into your eyes or even like solidifying a deal or whatever like Mm -hmm. you need something some sort of custom or ritual that like has meaning to be able to i can do without the handshake i get what it is but like if we thought of something new i'd be down for like a spicy reinvention of the handshake you know i I do find as like a woman i get a lot less handshakes and often the man I'm with will get more. I think that generally mm-hmm. seems to be a more of masculine custom. Yeah, um, I agree. Because I found men have been weirded out by me shaking their hands before. Yeah, agreed. They, like, even <laughs> if you're first meeting a guy, like, if they're, like, relate, <laughs> if they're, like, some somebody's, like, if your boyfriend's friend comes over with, like, their wife and it's your first time meeting them, like, you and the wife will hug and then you'll, like, shit, the, the, you don't do anything to the guy. You're, like, oh, hey. And then the girls are, like, oh, my God, hi. And they'll, like, hug and shit. And yeah. it's so weird. And the dudes just shake hands. It's, like, hmm, okay. I'm a handshaker. And everyone always tells me I have a strong handshake. But I'm not trying you to. You do. You do have a strong handshake. What about this? I don't even know if I've ever shaken your hand in that manner before. Probably not because that would be weird because we've been friends since we were 15. (laughs) So if we just shook each other's hands one day. Well, have you guys ever had to Guys, when this when this whole thing is over, our first meeting is gonna be a fucking like new introduction with the new method that we invent. Let's all see. I'm so excited. What about these other forms of greeting? So in New Zealand, the Maori touch noses. Yeah. Too much. Gross. Next. In Tibet, uh, sometimes they stick out their tongues to welcome people. See, I'm fucking here for that. I of love course that. you are. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> Why that as opposed to putting your right hand on your heart? Because it's because just it's because like it makes you no. It's be- because it makes you look silly and it's a release, and then you're both like kind of just dumbed down to the same level. It's the same thing that happens in yoga. There's this thing called like the lion's breath or the or the lion's face, and you do the same thing. You like stick your tongue out and roll your eyes up and just like release. You just go ah, and it's just supposed to like get you to like just like kind of make fun of yourself and just release everything immediately. So I can totally get the whole tongue thing because it's like, oh, we're meeting up, we're doing something dumb, and now we're both like, all right, we can be cool with each other. Uh, what about the Japanese bow? We could appropriate that. I love that one. <laughs> that. I was just thinking about it. And if you if you do a deep bow, then you respect them. And if you do a shit bow, then, you know... Maybe oh no, care. that's so much pressure. What if you accidentally oh what if there's 20 people in the room and you have to do intense 20 bows in a row? That would be too much. Too much <laughs> for what me. about what about the the jock nod? Oh, you like the, I mean? the head, you just tilt your head up a little bit. Yeah. You go like, hey, what's up? I'm into that. <laughs> I'm into that as well. The jock nod for the win. I don't Let's think make I'd that a that fucking off. hashtag. No, Jenna, you wouldn't. Yep. Do it for us right now. I want to see. <laughs> it was terrible she for the <laughs> I don't know. Can anyone describe the- that for our uh, listeners? I, I said it was a very unnatural head movement. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was the wrong angle. Yeah. <laughs> like. You started up a little too high. You gotta start down a little low and then you gotta Yeah. Um no one can see that. Um well it's like uh, Steve Coogan said in Alan Partridge Alpha Papa. They say a fist bump is more sanitary, but who's to say you can't get shit on your fist? Hmm? So if we start doing elbow bumps True or enough. or foot foot taps. But I, I feel like with the handshake, I've never considered that particularly unsanitary. As far as the ones I use go, that's the more sanitary one it's more of an issue of then putting your hands in your mouth or like on your face i mean you're touching things other people touch all day um as opposed to the like french kiss not french kiss like the cheek kiss thing (laughs) that's that seems like a direct way to get the flu yeah that fucked italy up didn't it that'll show them to be like close with one another and socially isolated and autistic and stuff um but he he so i mean in terms of 
Do you think we should make concerted efforts to remove things like this going forward, knowing it could save lives? Because we talk a lot about like, you have to stay in because obviously like if you, you can blah, 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 like everything, every action you take could increase people's risk of dying. So I think, I don't think that one seems, I guess that guy would know more than me, but I just don't see that being a super important one to get rid of. It just seems another way to, to discourage intimacy among humans. Yeah. To alienate us further, you know, like we're already always walking down the street with our heads down on our phones and not looking at other people. So but that's it, just going but to But like we're quarantining worse. ourselves to... To oh, for now, for now, don't shake people's hands. No, yeah, no, I know. I, I mean, just like, mean afterward. Yeah, I just mean in terms of now that we're everyone's sort of, you know, after this is over, are we just going to go back to not making any? Now that we know the impact that little actions like this could have, like do do you think it's appropriate to to make? I don't big know. Changes? I think at the cost of like further further preventing intimacy which we're already losing i feel like that cost is worse than the chance that someone might get the flu but i don't know i don't have the information <laughs> i know i agree with you but it's just yeah. like like how do you sort of justify it because that, that's i think that's why people get all um annoyed with uh people who are too uh gung-ho about never shutting up about how they're social distancing it's like we all do things every day that increase people's risks of of dying. I mean, even driving a car, right. Or, or like drinking alcohol or whatever it is. So it's just something that I think is interesting to think about. Like how the last time I went sick to work, like, could I, that have transferred to someone who transferred to someone who transferred to someone who died? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. Oh God. I think we should all just, when we meet someone new, just turn around and then slowly move towards each other until our butts touch. That's fecal to fecal transplant. Transplant? That's even worse. Okay, next topic. Universal (laughs) access to CERB. Who knows about this? CERB. Curb. Curb. Curb Curb your enthusiasm. Um, Pod title. So, Jagmeet Singh said that uh, the liberals needed to open up the CERB benefit to hit a wider range of people who are still ineligible to get it. He said that Right now, he was receiving a lot of messages from individuals or families who were not eligible. Um, So this was including people who are still earning a small income, students, and those who were unemployed before the pandemic began. Um, But then he said that he was in communication with Trudeau, Trudaddy, sorry, about all of this. (laughs) And then Trudeau Trudeau (laughs) announced two days ago that they are loosening the eligibility criteria for curb CERB. Uh, to cover seasonal workers without jobs and workers whose hours have been drastically cut, but who still have income. So people who are making up to $1,000 a month can qualify for CERB. So I think that was pretty reasonable. I don't... It's a good move, I think. Yeah, so what do you guys think? Do you think that the criteria should be even looser than that? That if you haven't worked in however long, that it isn't particularly related to corona reasons, that you should be mm-hmm. eligible? Yeah, I guess it would just be nice, though, to have that, like, a little bit of extra money in your pocket, though, to, like, order food and, like, do stuff that you kind of need to do, whereas you wouldn't need to do in a corona setting. The only thing that I wouldn't understand about people that haven't made money, except um, this argument would be excluding students, because I know that's kind of a particular situation that warrants them looking into further but if you weren't making money before why do you all of a sudden need money mm. um so to me it's like if you haven't made money in the last year or two years then why are is it an emergency that you now receive money um whereas i get the student thing because they are used to having summer jobs and those summer jobs are no longer available mm-hmm. right now so i know a lot of students are freaking out because they haven't made that amount of money in the last year although they would have had the summer job last year so i'm not sure about that Um, But I don't really understand why someone who already wasn't making money should now be making money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think Jagmeet is always just kind of coming up with these really generally sweeping, dreamy ideas to try and gain wide attraction from all types of people. Uh, But I don't think that they logistically ever make sense. Mm -hmm. They're like pipe dreams. 
Uh, what are your guys' experiences with all that, all that application stuff? Well, I have news. <laughs> Today I was officially accepted for EI that I applied for a month Ooh. and a half ago. Yeah, I'm but I already, I already fucked up one of my online reports and I have to clear it and stuff. But yeah, So you had exciting. a tough situation because you were on medical leave and then you were looking for work and then coronavirus happened. So then you were like in the regular EI stream and then all of a sudden... Yeah, so I quit voluntarily, um, but my doctor did advise me that I shouldn't return and we both kind of agreed that that was the best decision. So... I applied for EI right before everything get, got out of control at like mid-March. And then uh, I said that my doctor advised me to quit, which required like a doctor's known as a backup. But then there was the surge of like the million applications, which made my application, I think, take longer. But yeah, so it wasn't technically Corona related, but I it is very difficult to find a job. So that is my experience so it is and it isn't what about you Brayden um I also applied for EI um because I was laid off but it was due to corona or lack of hours rather um so I applied for EI actually on the first day that this would apply and they automatically transfer you from EI to the CERB so I'm receiving the same benefit as anyone else although I have to submit reports the way you would with EI so basically I'm doing the same thing but it's through Service Ontario instead of the CRA what kind of reports um, do you have to submit um it's basically I think it's once a week or bi-weekly this is what you do on EI in on, in a regular circumstance, you basically say that you were capable of working every day. You have to let them know if you made any money that week because that will affect how much money you get. Mm -hmm. So if you did make money that week, you're supposed to report it and then so they know how much to pay oh. you. It's basically just like at this point, I'm just going, I didn't work. I'm capable of working. I'd like to work. Mm -hmm. Give me money kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's my experience with it. And uh, it was pretty easy for me. I mean, I submitted my report for EI and they transferred me over and I got the money right away. Um, so, so far it's been smooth for me and much how long, appreciated. How long did it take? Um, I applied for EI, I think on March 23rd and I got the CERB in early April, whenever they started giving the payments, I got it right away. Oh, but okay. from what I've heard from other people who applied for CERB, you get it within a couple of days. Because I have not had the same experience with that in any way. <laughs> I applied on the 9th um, as per the instructions that they give you on the website based on your birthday. So I applied. <laughs> Morty's tail just came under the door. Um, I applied on the 9th and I still haven't got anything. It still says it's under review, which is like kind okay. of a long So it's like a week ago. Mm -hmm. Um. I know a few people that haven't got it yet, so maybe that's a bit concerning, but it still has only been a week. Yeah, I'm not, like, too concerned about it because the 9th was also a Friday, so, like, Saturday and Sunday, I don't even know if they're still, like, working on Saturday and Sunday, but it's been taking, it's taking a while, and I know that, like, because I tried to make that EI claim in the summer for when I got, like, randomly laid off by my boss, and then... They denied my claim because they said that I was a student because you can't get EI when you're a full-time student because choosing to go to school is like choosing to go out of the work scene or whatever. So it's like if they're analyzing it in that way, like I know this is for people who don't qualify for EI, but I just feel like I think they're like reopening my old EI case and just like moving it over to CERB. But I don't know if, like, maybe it's going through all these, like, avenues. I don't know. Just... In my understanding of it, they shouldn't be doing that because you're applying for the CRB under the federal government. And EI is the provincial, right? Mm -hmm. But um, I, I'm not positive. EI is but I, too. From what? From, oh, is it? Sorry. My understanding of CRB, outside of your situation, because that's kind of weird, is that everyone gets approved for it. And there is almost very little... Yeah. Uh, there's very little policing of it, which in turn might cause some issues come next tax season. Mm -hmm. um, I'm assuming it's going to be a bit of a shit show because basically anyone could have really got it whether or not they qualify it for mm -hmm. it or not. So I'm assuming they're going to be investigating that at a later date. Mm, you think oh, so? God, it's going to be terrible. People. I know a lot of people got double payments too because they went through both EI and CERB and you're supposed to 
not note that. that. I'm sure so not dumb. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I can imagine there's going to be like a pretty big <laughs> hullabaloo if you chaotic. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be good. But I do think it's cool that they're just kind of, not cool, but I mean, it, it makes sense for them to not deal with that. Right? Yeah, just no, making I it agree. quick, There's bigger props. Easy, roll it out. Yeah. I did see a tweet from an American that was like, my daughter lives in Canada and applied for the COVID-19 benefit on Tuesday. It took two minutes to apply. The first payment showed up today, two days later. This is government working for the people. And then another American quote tweeted that and said, wow, as an American, I didn't even know states could do this, either conceptually or in real life. But I, I think it's I think it's actually pretty cool to see how quickly that got um, rolled out, suggested, and then enforced. Yeah, rolled out. Um, I've never seen something happen that quickly. It was with very that much fast. impact. Yeah, in, yeah. Um, in times which of, which is pretty cool. Yeah, in times of crisis, the government is quite functional. <laughs> it turns out, like uh, when yeah. they want to get things done, they can get things done. Um, okay, so the Ontario Medical Officer announced that they're not keeping race-based stats on testing for the coronavirus. And online, this outraged some people who felt that this was an example of institutionalized racism, um, as in it being like an all-lives-matter type of argument. But um, there's an anti-racist argument for not keeping the stats in the sense that, um, Like, what is it implying? Um, And it reifies race as a construct in terms of dividing people. And then what is sort of like the analytical payoff of that? Has there been any response from the medical officer or from anyone else in that realm saying why they chose not to keep race-based stats? um, I think he said something like, we are... Treating everyone equally. Yeah, something like that. I didn't I didn't but, investigate super closely though. Huh. Yeah, I find that like kind of weird that they wouldn't just like merely based on statistics just like to have a very thorough and accurate description of things that happen. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, it, are they are they not collecting them or they're not releasing them? I, it looks like they're not collecting them. It says they don't keep race-based stats on testing. Yeah. Um Sorry, what were you saying? You were going to say something, Jenna? Dr. Anna Banerjee, she's a pediatric infectious disease specialist, and she was saying that um, a lot of Indigenous people um, have had a higher prevalence of cardiovascular disease, diabetes, etc., um, due to mm-hmm. the certain conditions that they've like been brought up in or like due to like systemic inequalities. Um, yeah, I think... And that they were like significantly overrepresented in the last pandemic to hit the country. Um, and she said, she went on to say, I think like it's good SARS? to collect that data H1N1. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, she said, I think it's good to collect that data, but collecting data on how we failed indigenous people is not a very useful thing unless you act on it. So uh, did you read the article that I posted by Adolf Reed? Yes. And his thoughts on it. So he said, Our overall concern is the extent to which particular inequalities that appear statistically as racial disparities are in fact embedded in multiple social relations and how the dominant modes of approaching this topic impede the understanding of this larger picture. So every time anything, like you could do this for every, they did this for the financial crisis or any sort of um, condition. It's always women are more likely to, um, black people are more likely to, indigenous people are more likely to. You know, same with statistics about um, criminal justice stuff, um, anything medical, anything to do with the workplace, like with the wage gap. Um, (laughs) The Onion actually had a parody about this. It was just like an article being like, uh, researchers find black people are 27% more likely to, and Asian Americans are 13% more likely to. (laughs) So I think that the argument is that we're just breaking it down and we're saying things that we all already know. And then the cost, the cost is quite great because there's a push in academia right now to loosen the grip of the idea of race, uh, because it just kind of needlessly divides people into these groups. And I used to think that that was kind of like a, I don't see color type of argument, which is stupid. Um, but, but now I'm sort of starting to get the picture. Like there is no inherent reason to divide people based on these groups. And the problem is that, um, again, we're avoiding sort of the actual structural 
issues which are actually causing these problems, which are typically like poverty and things like that, right? Yeah, and like environmental degradation, like resource Yeah, shit. because when yeah. you're saying like, for example, that black people are more likely to or indigenous people are more likely to whatever, like Jenna, you were saying with diabetes or cardiovascular, it's not their blackness. It's not their indigeneity, yeah. really. It's the conditions. And when we're constantly drawing attention to the identity, we're not addressing the conditions. So yeah. I think that that's... But also to argue, like, percentages in this stuff, like, in an academia setting, researching that sort of thing, if you were just drawing, say, like, the percentage of, like, black people who contracted some sort of disease, wouldn't that indicate the measure of which you like help or like how large or small a solution needs to be based on how large or small the problem is. Well, I guess just numbers wise. Well, I guess, um, like, I guess it's basically like, what do you do with that information? So suppose that black people are more likely to contract coronavirus. What, what do you do with that? Exactly. Like what Dr. Anna said. I, I agree with that too. And I think that, it would give too much credit to us as a society to take that information responsibly. If the result is probably going to be, unfortunately, more racism or more prejudice against something, the same way people reacted to Chinese people when this virus came out. Yeah. Um, we can't rely on everyone to take those statistics and interpret them in a meaningful way mm-hmm. um, as as a public. Yeah, well, and with concerns with reporting race too, it could continue a narrative of like genetic difference and biologic concepts of race, which don't exist and which could further other them. And as we all know, like racism is like a social concept that leaves people who are non-white as more inferior. So as what you were saying, I, well, I lost my train of thought. Continue. <laughs> yeah. So, in terms of uh, Ainsley, what you were saying about the research and the statistics, it's really interesting. I was um, I was at a talk like last year, and they were talking about like domestic violence and how they figured out that women are more likely to suffer from it. And it was like the '80s or the '90s that sociologists started calculating these statistics. Uh, like, I take it for granted that, like, of course, you're going to like divide the population up into these different groups, and you're going to calculate everyone's like relative risk for this or that, or the prevalence of this or that. But in the 80s or 90s, I wish I could remember which one it was. That's when it like started. That's when they started doing that, and they were like, "Whoa! Like, look at all these inequalities, right?" And so it's interesting because at that time, it was when you have groups with poor outcomes, uh, it's like you said, Brayden, racists take that and they're like, oh, look, poor outcomes in black communities. But of course, the progressive argument is that you, well, when the conditions are poor, then the outcomes are poor, right? It has nothing to do with the race. It has to do with the conditions. And we know this is true because white people in poor conditions also have poor outcomes, um, but now it's like kind of flipped and now there's this like push to really reify race as if that's going to help. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I'm not suggesting that we like suppress information about relative risk of different conditions or anything like that. But I do, I am warming up to the argument that it's not data that really needs to be collected. I think one thing, when you think about it this way, for example, I was thinking about it, imagine if they were collecting information on whether immigrants are more likely to get coronavirus and if they were. And, and imagine how that would, what kind of, um, like, what do you call it, ammo that would give to anti-immigrant people, right? It's like, what do you do with this information? Like what Adolfri says, what is the analytical payoff? Mm-hmm. Um, Brayden, did you say Oprah said something about this? Um, yeah, I, I briefly looked at, it wasn't about that specifically, but Oprah was speaking um, kind of, uh, fucking blinking on the word, um, imploring people. Um, black people specifically to to take the me- the precautionary methods seriously, etc. It's not that they're not; it's that there's obvious there's um a higher rate of the virus in lower economic communities for the reasons we just discussed, and therefore has disproportionately black people in those communities. So she she specifically was kind of imploring black people, but it it just it just reminded me of this argument. I understand why she could do that as well, mm-hmm. um, but again, I was like, is it is it that they need to take it more seriously or that um, that's kind of just a result of the conditions people are living in? Yeah, yeah, you can't get everyone collectively all at once to, quote, take it more seriously. It's like you, you yeah. do what you can and with I, what you've got. And I'm like vastly oversimplifying that. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
like she might have just been kind of wanting to speak directly to a certain audience and that's fine yeah um and and again i think it's anywhere with a higher population there's going to be more people uh disobeying rules etc in that guy's article i think at the end or maybe it was a different one that i read on this they basically said you're damned if you do you damned if you don't um so I mean, mm-hmm. the like positive, as we mentioned, of reporting race would be like perhaps it would open up a wider conversation surrounding the disparities faced by minority communities, just like uh, pandemics like this one have created a wider discourse on labor practices and workers' rights. Uh, so that would potentially be a plus to it. However, as we've already mentioned, it could just lead to more racist behaviors. I think specifically, too, in times like this where there's mass panic, that people are going to look for the simplest. Unfortunately, people are looking for like the simplest solution to blame other people. So maybe that's something they can revisit after this has passed to prevent something in the future and come with a more thoughtful analysis of that. But to like release information like that now, I think, is not going to be taken in a thoughtful way. By the majority of people. Yeah, I agree. And also, it just, like, when you really think about it, like, what do you do with the information? Like, he, he yeah. said something really You do more here. studies on it and compare <laughs> it to something else. <laughs> um, he says, it reveals the extent to which the logic of a neoliberal politics of race relations, engineering, and its singular normative ideal of group parity, even within a larger system of intensifying inequality, shapes the political imaginations, even of those who wish to be seen as progressives, i.e., sorry, here's the important bit, the inequalities that affect most of us as working people are just fine. Maybe even the stuff of feminist or anti-racist success stories um that is a politics that cannot help us struggle for the egalitarian society we deserve so basically it's kind of like so so what's the deal if like suppose there was parity in people losing their jobs because of this between black indigenous and white people so then it's okay like do, do you see what i'm saying like the issue mm-hmm. is that is the the losing of the jobs and the lack of access to resources in and of itself like of course when one group is suffering pr- disproportionately from that we can see that's as a result of uh, history of oppression, etc. But right now, what do we do about that? Knowing that we have to tackle the actual, like we have to look at how capital functions. Capital doesn't particularly care if you're a woman or a man, or if you're black or white or indigenous, it functions the same way. So again, we're just like never, ever, ever addressing that because it sounds radical to point out that indigenous people have it worse, women have it worse, gay people have it worse and so on. But when you think about, okay, but now what do we do about this? Like, how do I actually use this information? You can't, you have to tackle the material stuff. Yeah, agreed. But so it's just, it was just funny seeing people being like, this is institutionalized racism. And it's just like, it's always people (laughs) who don't know shit, like talking shit. It's just like, you don't even know, like, like where people are at right now with like tackling this problem, like how this is like a very yeah. legitimate like point of discussion of like, should we collect this information? Not does it actually help? Yeah. Does it? Whenever people jump on things like that very quickly on this like bandwagon of calling out these like different practices that are like seeped in systemic racism or whatever, they I just want them then to provide a solution or like what they mm-hmm would do yeah, it's like this is bad it's like okay well how do you make it good oh i fell silent like <laughs> yeah exactly like what would be your plan to combat this and get to the actual root of the issue people people's ability to use stuff for ammo against groups that they don't like just knows no bounds and i think that's obvious in this pandemic as well for example i saw a lot of people sharing a story this kind of leads into our next topic too about um a family playing cricket in Brampton. Um, but all the people and being like, oh, look at this fucking asshole family. And like, it was all these people posting it that I know have prejudiced views about people of mm. different races, right? And I was like, that's exactly why you're reposting that exact story. And it's just crazy what people can use to propel their Be assholes, things like that. <laughs> Speaking of people behaving badly, what about, <laughs> Not what about politicians behaving badly? Everyone, I don't, I don't care if it's a politician or if you're just like a friggin' homeless person, like everyone, there are idiots everywhere. Um, do you think Justin Trudeau is an idiot for going to visit his family? He got into a lot of trouble because his wife took a picture, a selfie of him and the kids and conservatives were like, 
what the fuck, Justin Trudeau, like, he's breaking quarantine rules. And then people were like, what are you talking about? Being in quarantine with your family is normal. And then someone else said no, because he had to fly to see them. And I think that they were, like, at his cottage or something like that. So obviously, like, we're not supposed to be going up to cottages. We're not supposed to be traveling. You know, if your family was, like, in another province. Was he already in Quebec or did he have to fly across provincial borders to get to his cottage? It's, his cottage is like 30 kilometers, I think they said, away from Parliament Hill. But was he in Ontario or Quebec beforehand? He lives in Ontario. Yeah, but his cottage is in Quebec. I don't know. So I guess he... That's what I'm asking. Did he cross provincial lines? Because we're not allowed to do that right now. Well, you're not, you're not supposed to be going to cottages at all. You're basically not supposed to leave your primary house because in doing so not only could you infect other people but you're putting additional strain on communities that aren't in place to support you so you shouldn't be going to a different hospital zone for example because they only have the resources to support the people that live in that area yeah i just want to know if he literally took like a private jet over like provincial lines where everyone's being restricted from like seeing their fa- their families and shit and he just like flies over in his little fucking jet like no i think that he <laughs> met his family because he had to go back to parliament hill because the house had to sit to pass more stuff so then i think he met his family thereafter I think he's an idiot for posting the picture, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so he could have just done it and, like... <laughs> yeah, uh, like, no one would have known. Yeah. I mean, like, everyone's like, he shouldn't be above the law and all that, but, like, it's the prime minister, and, like, he has... I don't want to say the hardest job, but, like, he he's in a very specific and particular position. Yes. So I kind of feel like give him a break like he works yeah 24-7 like, s- with his family like that sucks and it's so scary and he just went through all this shit and everyone's like fuck you for seeing them i i hard disagree not in that he shouldn't get special treatment and that like he, he has to lead by example and that literally will cause people especially the people that are already kind of on the fence or like fuck mm. this social distancing thing they will use that like we were just saying as ammo they're like he did it so i can do it people do do that at least he shouldn't be he shouldn't be advertising yeah that. no that's true people i mean people are using it as ammo right as um, and then like a boo-boo <laughs> yeah uh, yeah that was a huge oversight but then Andrew Shear did the same thing. He got on a plane with a bunch of, with his kids, I guess, and they were flying somewhere as well. Elizabeth May was talking about it. She said it, she thought it was weird that he brought his family. Um, so then, I don't know, the conservatives were shitting on Trudeau, but I don't know if they ever got well, around to What really to- is the issue if all of the people that they were seeing and meeting up with have been in isolation for two weeks and they're in government and they're going somewhere specific on a private plane. Because you're not supposed to leave, like, like I was saying before, you're not supposed to put an additional strain on other areas. Like including buying from their stores and using their resources. Well, so yeah. this was particularly when they had to go again, go back to the house to pass things. So Elizabeth, it was sp- uh, stopping in three different places. So I picked up one politician, can't remember their name. Then it picked up Elizabeth May. And then it was just supposed to be the three politicians, including Andrew Scheer. And then last minute, he was like, oh, my whole family's coming on the plane, too. Because if it was That's just the three of them, weird. then they like, would have been why? able to uh, have two meters apart. But because his family came on, they weren't able to have that distancing. And Elizabeth May was kind of like, uh, but she she they offered her the chance to say, no, it's not allowed. And she said, yeah, it's fine. And because she wanted to be like compassionate and like because he didn't want his family to have to go through a normal airport to get there and take multiple flights mm. that was the situation so what was like why can't they have like these meetings these parliamentary meetings and shit through zoom like the rest of the goddamn world because there's like a whole bunch of protocol behind it all like secrecy and stuff like that well no but like there's a general but, like, order what to things protocol where you have couldn't to be, you do on zoom that they you couldn't have to like, be in person there's like there's like a special like staff, for example, that the Speaker of the House sits in front of and no one can pass that staff. Like there's like all Damn. of this like deeply rooted but into like, history. But like why can't they adapt to the situation like the rest of Is the world Is it written in like the charter? Been? I don't know. Because, like, couldn't he just swing a gavel and be like, this is all useless now, we're doing a Zoom meeting, you Well, know? I guess like, then they could do that all the time with all sorts there, of things. And there are so yeah. many people behind it all, like, running around in the behind the scenes, like, passing papers and the d- 
different bills that are being passed. They might have like important documents there too and stuff. They get like yeah, locked sure. behind like a I get like why it would case. be important, but at this point I'm kind of like just fucking zoom it out, bros. Well, no, know? it's a good question, right? But like you <laughs> it's like there's certain thing I could see there being some procedures and shit that they don't want to fuck with. Mm-hmm. I think there's um with regards to them doing things and I'm I I'm I'm quite confident that a family such as Justin Trudeau's or Andrew Shears can use their common sense and probably do things like this safely. It's a matter of everyone in the world thinking they have enough common sense and being able to do things safely. I read I read an argument, not an argument, an article the other day. Like, is it okay, for example, to go on a hike with your friend if they're if they have the proper distance? You never get in each other's cars, etc. And their basic what they said, it's not really okay because you're relying on everyone. Like, basically, you have to not do it so everyone else doesn't do it. If one person starts doing it, then we all start doing it. If that makes yeah, any it sense. it does make sense. Like, you, you know in your heart you can do that properly and safely, but not everyone will. So we kind of all have to not so that the dumb people I like, don't. I like to compare that to, like, the having fires on public property because it's like even in Vancouver and stuff you used to be able to have fires on like the beaches and stuff bonfires to hang out but it's the idiot rule like somebody always fucks it up and somebody is always irresponsible about it and someone is always not safe about it which is why they put the laws in place you can no longer have fucking public fires because somebody ruined it for everyone you know what I mean like you can't have fires on public property anymore just for the general safety of everyone because we're making this rule for the handful of idiots it's like instructions on stuff yeah like we have to follow the rules because there are a handful of idiots that won't and the more we don't as you said Brayden we're just setting an example for other people at this point and it's like the more I see people out the more I'm like even me I'm like oh yeah everything's cool today and then I'm like wait no 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 wrong particularly in a in a pandemic because we really are only as strong as our weakest link in this it only mm-hmm. takes one person Ooh, so that sounded so I presidential mean, it did I liked it but is your glove on Daddy. show us show us your glove I'm not wearing show this. us your presidential <laughs> glove um, I cr- in our last podcast I creepily put on <laughs> gloves halfway through, <laughs> through the interview um, that was an attempt to keep my hands out of my mouth but I ended up looking very distant for some reason I just I didn't even it didn't phase me I am um, we this, posted a, a picture of my glove use on Instagram this uh, girl on my Instagram posted a picture the other day saying quarantine is when you restrict the movement of sick people tyranny is when you restrict the movement of healthy people and I like commented on it being like no honey like this is a fucking pandemic this isn't like a regular <laughs> Tuesday I didn't say that obviously but I was very like cordial about it and then her parting statement was you're willingly giving up your civil liberties over a flu virus but okay you you do you. I was like, ew, what the fuck? Like, Did you see the Vancouver uh, the rally? The yeah. rally. It was hashtag and the lockdown. And this guy, Dan Dix, I don't know who he is. Uh, he took a picture of himself. I'm looking at it right now. It's like a selfie and there's like a just like a ragtag team behind him. A guy holding a sign <laughs> saying fake news. Um, a guy wearing like a flat earther shirt. And it's just, are you going to acquiesce? And I'm like, yeah, well, I, I watched the video <laughs> and they were protesting to City Hall saying that they won't listen to unlawful rules put forth by the government. I mean, yeah. they can do whatever they want, but they're, yeah. you know, making things harder for They just for look like else. entitled fucking brats. Yeah. Like, it's just embarrassing. Like Vancouverites. I hate their fucking smug faces. <laughs> like, can you believe? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> They're like, we're out they, here. They honestly look like spoiled brats to me. And like, you're in this entitled position. Like, it's it's a luxury that you're healthy. And that's great for you. And I don't know. Yeah, people <laughs> they, don't understand it just, it. It's a really bad color. It's just like these radical people mean like woo the news it's all wrong the government's trying to get us it's tyranny it's like shut the fuck up like sit down and never come out of your house again corona is a hoax stay woke (laughs) people love to be the victim hell yeah they do 
Anyways, so listeners, you should visit our website where you can listen to our episodes. You can even donate to us. We really want to send our girl Sonia to space. Uh, she's disappeared from this episode, but um, we, we really just want to get her to space, you know? Hell yeah. Um, so this week's Absolute Unit, we have chosen Doug Ford <laughs> in a specific in a specific address where he wore the Conquer the COVID-19 shirt, which he <laughs> looks so it. cute. <laughs> he looks like such a dad. Uh, I heard one uh, one uh, reporter said he looked like he came from an ACDC concert, which is <laughs> accurate. Funny. Very funny, yes. accurate. Um, apparently, that shirt is from I think it's Ryan Reynolds and Haley Wickenheiser's charity. Yeah, it is or something. Anyways, but beyond the fact that like that's a nice thing to do, he looks like a dad at a barbecue, and it's very charming. Yeah, he really does. Again, he's just. Um, going to He's pander, pandering it. toward the everyday man everyday ontario man and it's working because he looks like the only reason he doesn't look like you're like kind of drunk uncle at a barbecue ever is because he's wearing a suit like that's the only thing it is it's separating. the only thing preventing him from having that image <laughs> so taking him out of that and putting him in the t-shirts really and he was so like he's always like a red man so he just seems yeah, yeah he's like, very he's, red he seems yeah. like he was just swinging the kids around or something yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> he always, like he looks like someone that's been drinking beer to me, but not in yeah. like a bad way. Hundred <laughs> percent. He's, like, he's got a little like gut on him. Had a few yeah. beers already. He's just been gardening in the backyard on this lazy Sunday. <laughs> oh, fucking so, right. Doug Ford. Due to your your admirable handling of everything in your t-shirt wearing, you get absolute unit of the week. Um, we're actually hoping that you guys, the listeners, can submit absolute units to us. Um, you can do so by messaging us on our Instagram at Terry Foxy Ladies, Twitter and YouTube. Um, it's all the same handle at Terry Foxy Ladies. So if you have an absolute unit, please uh, submit it and we will perchance read it on the show and give you merch. Hell and yeah. a kiss and a handshake and a bow. No smooches. <laughs> <laughs> no smooches. No smooching allowed. We are one. We are one. We are one. 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 Stay safe. As always.